offseason Q&A. Locked on 49ers. Kerry Hyder signing. Trey Lance believes he is the starter, but Jimmy's still around. And what does that curtail for the San Francisco 49ers? All that coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network every day. That's what we are, Croc. We're your team every day. Croc is in the house. He is in California alongside me at my home studio. Uh, We're having a good old time here. We've got uh, something I made up here, which is sort of a a Calvados Manhattan is what we're doing. And we're sipping on that. We're going to have a live Q&A going on here on YouTube. And for those of you who are listening in your car on the way to work, maybe Friday morning, you got to come hang out on the YouTube yeah, sometimes because we hang out at night and have some fun occasionally. So it's going up early for your YouTubers. It's up Friday morning. Happy Friday to all of you to end your week. I hope you all have a great weekend. Croc, let's talk about Kerry Hyder. The 49ers bringing him back. Bringing him back. Kerry Hyder. Let's go. This is a one year, $1.5 million contract, $750 guaranteed. $750 of it is available in sack incentives. I don't know how much sack Kerry Hyder has to produce. Uh, to get that other $750,000. But um, he had a career high, eight and a half sacks for the 49ers way back in 2020, went to the Seahawks. That offseason signing did not work out great for them. So he's back on a much cheaper deal that the 49ers probably hope to sign him to last year. And hopefully he's still got that same mojo that he had back in 2020. The 49ers, they started bringing back some of the defensive ends, uh, some of the guys that can really help with the rotation there, First, it was uh, it was Jordan Willis. Yeah, Willis. Yeah, and that, and that was a guy there. that was kind of I don't want to say out of nowhere, but we weren't really expecting that, right? We we were talking a lot about Arden Key, and they haven't made that sign. I'm assuming that this signing here means that there won't be an Arden Key. Do you think so? I think that it probably means there's no Arden Key. I I, I really do think it means Arden Key is probably not going to come back for the 49ers this year. The writing's on the wall there, but they. They're, they're working on their depth. And so you got Bosa, you got Abelcom, you got now Arden Key and Kerry Hyder backing them up. Hyder can do pretty much, you know, situationally what Key did for the 49ers where he's a bigger body end and he can kind of kick inside. And obviously you still have Armstead who you could move outside, but I think they want to utilize him as that three technique, of, of course, with uh, with Kinlaw inside. So with DJ Jones gone, they got no, much, no choice really but to use uh, Eric Armstead inside as well so um yeah they, they've got a nice little bit of depth here i worry a little bit about the high-end production can abucom be that guy well that's, that's why i was going to ask you what do you think about the draft right and what do you think this alters some of the draft plans or was their plan all along to not go into the draft and draft a guy high because i think there were a lot of people that were anticipating maybe an edge rusher at page 61 if someone fell there but i would assume with this type of room there and, and some of the depth that they have, I don't know if they go with the high-end guy. And also, and I don't know if he's ever going to play. I don't know what the situation is, but D Ford is still on the contract. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's on the contract. He's on the roster. He He's on the roster in name. I, I don't think, I don't think D Ford is going to play at all. I don't think he's just in the cards at all for the 49ers, but we'll see. Maybe he is. Um, and, and they do have some depth. 
would they even carry five defensive ends or are they done? Is, is that all they're going to take with them? Four, four ends, four tackles, eight defensive linemen. I think there's room for one. And I think they've got to look ahead because all these guys are on short deals. Abel comes going in the last year of his deal. Hyder's on a one-year deal. Willis is on a one-year deal. Nick Bosa's uh, got two more years left on his deal, right? Two more. Yeah. Uh, he's, with the fifth year option. Yeah. Year four. And then, he'll have the fifth year option year five. So he's yeah. still got two more years. They might re up them next year, but they've got to find that. And I, and I mentioned it today on Twitter. They got to find the Robin to Nick Bosa's Batman. And I think the best way to do that because of how much money you're paying other guys is to do it in the draft. And is that guy at number 61 this year? I think they're, this is a really deep class for edge players. I mean, if someone like, and the Niners look, the Niners can move up too, right? From 61. They don't have to stay at 61. If they can get to like 50, someone like Boye Mafe. If he sneaks into the second round, I I feel like that would be a no-brainer. And and the 49ers want to be strong there. So um, Nick Bonito's a situational rusher. There's the uh, – what's the guy out of USC? Drake Drake Jackson. Drake, Because they got two Drakes. Yeah, that's why I get him confused because they got Drake London and Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson, sort of a bendy edge rusher. I can see that being the guy. And I I think a lot of what people are thinking about Drake Jackson coming out is a little bit of of an underachiever. So can a guy like Chris Kassar get the most out of a Drake Jackson, a guy that potentially will kind of slide? Now, he has the big upside. He has the big talent. He was a big-time recruit going over there to uh, USC. Yeah. But haven't gotten the most out of him. Even in this year, I think heading into this year, he was kind of projected to be one of the better defensive ends. But I don't think it's played out that way. And when, Anytime you see someone talk about the edge rushers, uh, put together a list, Drake Jackson, that's the name you don't see on it. You don't see that name a lot. And I've seen him anywhere from second round. I've seen him fourth round. Uh, could he be there in the Niners third round? I think he has too much too much athletic ability to be there super late. And But there's a lot of other competition there. Sam Williams, good point here from Daniel. Another one. Uh, Sam Williams is a really athletic. He ran like a 4-4-6, didn't he? Sam Williams? I had an old miss. Ran four fours, this dude. Oh. Like 250. 250 pounds, 6'3", 250, something like that. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, there's some off-field stuff. I think, he, you know, he might fall a little bit. But, man, if you're looking for someone with juice off the edge, Sam Williams can be there at 61. Sam Williams might even fall further than that. And so um, there's going to be somebody, I think, on day two for the 49ers if they want to get an edge rusher. And I think it'd be pretty smart for them to do it because all of a sudden you're one injury away from being really pedestrian potentially at the edge. And, and who knows what how much Hyder has left. And that's that's the question. Jordan Willis has never been, you know, a world beater. He's a nice player, but you're not going to, you don't want to have to lean on Hyder or Willis to be the guy across from Nick Bosa. And if Abel comes more like the guy in the first half of the season than the second half of the season, you won't have to lean on him to be the guy next to Bosa. And eventually next year, none of those guys are under contract. So you want to have somebody ready to go to be that guy. So I think right now, if I had to rank things, it'd be tight offensive line or, edge probably with that 61st pick do you think they might have a bigger role for jordan willis remember last year jordan willis was a guy who he was suspended for what the first six games of the season so he didn't come in until a little bit later and maybe they kind of struggled to find that role for him in the rotation and that was around the time arden key started turning up a little bit as well maybe they think that hey there's more in jordan willis they can get a little bit more out of him and they don't need an Arden key. And now with Kerry Hyder is which version of Kerry Hyder is going to show up. Is it the Kerry Hyder that was, you know, got eight and a half sacks with the 49ers with no Nick Bosa on the opposite side. I do think a lot of his 
production came off of just having a high motor, or is it the character that played in Seattle last year who was not productive at all? I think they're hoping that he can get back. And I think the incentives in this contract help him with that because if I remember correctly, whatever he got from Seattle, it was a, it was a decent amount of money for, for the production that he had, uh, but they're going to need a little bit more out of him. Drake Jackson, better pro than a college player. I could see that. And look, very similar, because that's what uh, that's what Arden Key did. Like, he disappointed everybody, came in a little bit light, and then all of a sudden gets with Chris Kucerich, and he makes an animal out of him, right? Yeah. Could he do that with any of these guys that are super athletic? I talked about Sam Williams. I wanted to look it up. Sam Williams showed up at the Combine, 6'4", 261, right? 33 and an eighth-inch arms. That's, that's really good, that's right? Solid. Nice arm length there. Productive in college, dude ran a four four six at two hundred sixty one pounds. Croc, yeah, that's flying. Yeah, so uh, productive and athletic. I mean that you know, not a great run defender. Apparently, that's what people say about him. But um, looks like he has the frame to right eventually so, get that down. He's question, not like this like little skinny slight guy. Questions about motor and and to be honest with you, if I had to pick one trait for a pass rusher, it's probably motor is the most important thing because there's no great pass rushers that don't have a good motor. Well, you can flash, right? Uh, you can flash. Someone like... Some flash more than others. Aaron Donald flashes almost every play. Yeah, well, that's motor. He's nonstop. Except right? for when yeah. he's going up against Daniel Brunskill. Right, unless Brunskill locks him up like he always does. Um, <laughs> but someone like um, Jadavian Clowney, but he's a super freak, super freak. So he can turn it off and on, you know, and sometimes he's just doing weird stuff and sometimes he's dominating so um yeah nick bonito is another undersized edge rusher but you know really good pass rusher and and that's all you need because you can find you can throw carry Hyder in there you can throw a lot of guys in there you could get another defensive tackle and even do the aaron um the uh eric armstead thing where he's the big end and then he kicks inside and then have a situational rusher but just having that guy who's dynamic off the edge on third downs is pretty important. So I think the 49ers need to look at that. And I don't think they have to force themselves into that pick at 61. But if the right guy's there, you go for it. If not, go another position. If at 93, if the right guy's there, I think you can go for that there. And I think I would I would put edge, I would put offensive line and pretty much center or tackle. You know, someone with versatility yeah. can do center guard or tackle guard versatility. And maybe even wide receiver. I'd put in that same list, you know, if they're there, if the right guy's there at 61, you go for it. And if not, then, you know, you go another way and, and see what there is there at 93 and 105 and, and beyond. We got to talk about some other things here, Croc, like bet online. Croc and I were just at the, uh, at the sports bar watching a little bit of college basketball. Go Peacocks, by the way. Uh, what's the name of the coach? <laughs> I don't know. It's called, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the coach for the St. Peter's Peacocks sounds exactly like Eric Crocker. People keep tagging him on it. It's I'm dying. It's so funny. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. But you can bet on the Peacocks like I did at BetOnline.net because the college basketball tournament is upon us and it is going off. Tons of great games Thursday night and into Friday and for the rest of the month. From all the latest odds, contests, player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information, not just wagering either at Bet Online. It's the spot for sports scores and news as well this season. You can even do live betting. You didn't get your bet in before tip-off. You can get that second-half bet in 
at Bet Online. It's not just basketball. You go Super Bowl futures. 49ers are the seventh highest odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Draft props as well. Tons of draft props going up all the time at Bet Online. UFC, Major League Baseball, boxing, NHL. So get over to the website or the mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thanks again, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL as well. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes, and it's free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, just like this very show is, just like Peacock and Williamson is, and just like Locked On NFL Draft is as well. What do you think about the story and the storyline of Trey Lance believing he's the starter, maybe just straight up told, okay, you're the starter. And I don't think you would have to tell him. Nobody had to tell us that we thought Trey Lance would be the starter. Nobody had to tell Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance what the score was. Jimmy thought he'd be on another roster. Trey thought Jimmy would be on another <laughs> roster. Trey thought he'd be the star this year. He's looking around like, um, it's starting to get close to that first OTA, right? Because they have one right before the draft. Jimmy's still on the roster and he might be there for that. He's not gonna be on the field, not throwing because of his shoulders. So look, Trey's going to get all the reps and I think they're both headstrong guys. I, I don't think it would be a problem, but it could be a little awkward if Trey Lance is like, I'm the starter and Jimmy's still around. I was like, can you bench Jimmy? Do they, do, do they have a competition now that Trey thought he was not going to be in? So there is some questions there and I could see it being a little bit awkward, even though I think they're both pros and they'll both handle it well it's still much more awkward than probably Trey Lance expected with Jimmy still on the roster right now. Yeah. I'd assume in, the, in at the end of the season, like just like any job, right? You do like your exit interviews, you know, and things like that. And then your exit meeting, I'm pretty sure they said, all right, Trey, like, you know, our plan is to move forward with you. You need to do everything in your power to uh, prepare. And they probably gave him a list of things that they wanted him to improve on. And he's over there working on those things now. I think the unfortunate thing is every time you turn on TV and, and these players, people think that these players don't see things or hear things for whatever reasons they hear and see everything. They are just like us. And that was one of the things I remember, you know, eating breakfast in, in the, uh, you know, the little cafeteria for the New York jets. And every time we turn on TV, the TV's on all the NFL shows are on right there. They're talking about the New York Jets, Tim Tebow, what's <laughs> happening with him, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith. I mean, literally every time I look out the window, I see Sal Palantonio standing right there. So these guys know everything that's going on. They're on social media like that, so they hear everything. And I'm pretty sure that Trey Lance sees and hears everything that everyone's saying about him. Now, he can try to block it out. And, you know, they talked about how, you know, sometimes his mom, he had to tell his mom, mom, stop feeding into that stuff. But – it is tough to, you know, you you want to feel secure with it. Not in the sense of something's just going to be given to you, but at the very least, know, like, all right, it's, it's my job to lose, and I'm going to do everything in my power to not lose it. But as long as Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, around, it almost feels like it's, like, kind of your job, but not your job, Yeah. although they invested a ton in you. And not only do you see it, but it's like, it's just like with the, uh, the St. Peter's Peacocks coach, right? <laughs> you didn't necessarily see that, but people are going to hit you with it, right? Yeah. People in your DMs, people on Twitter are tagging you. Uh, you know, you're getting text messages from your friends. So imagine if you're a pro athlete and they're talking about all this stuff and like people are just asking you the weirdest things like, hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see this? Nonstop, your agent, you know? So um, they have to see it. So you have to be, you have to 
you have to have your head screwed on straight to, to make it in the NFL, especially at a high profile position like quarterback. So, uh, and I think both those guys do. And like, I, I don't blame Jimmy. It's not Trey's fault. Certainly. Uh, I, I don't blame it's Kyle. Not Jimmy's well, fault. Well, so, I, kind here's of. a, here's the question. There might be blame and it might be blame that should be put at maybe Kyle or, you know, especially John Lynch, or maybe there's blame that should be put at Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent, depending on what the real story is that maybe we'll never hear, but, did they have a trade in place? You know, those two second round picks. Was that actually a real thing? And Jimmy said, no, I don't want to play there. Because that might have happened. Like, I feel like there's a good chance that that maybe happened. If or, that really happened. Or the opposite. Maybe it was John Lynch getting an offer of like one second, asking for two twos, overplaying his hand, and screwing Jimmy out of a starting job, right? So maybe one of those things did happen. Maybe they never got an offer at all. But so there may, may be some blame. We just don't know exactly where that blame would be and i i think it's pretty darn plausible right now that jimmy might have said no very early on and all of a sudden the leverage that the niners had the, the leverage that jimmy and his agent had started to very quickly go out the window after you know because when everybody needed a quarterback there was some leverage when nobody needs a quarterback anymore or the few teams that do need a quarterback for some reason don't want to upgrade at quarterback then it, you, you have no options left I don't want to act like, and I always say this, I'm, I'm not someone that has like all these sources or anything like that. And and I don't do a whole lot of digging to fact check things. Obviously, I give my opinion a lot. But I did get messages that it was Washington that was willing to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, which made sense. That was a team that we were saying the whole time. Like, they made the most sense to us. And it sounds like they went after him first. He shut it down. And... uh you know, from there, it's kind of been a snowball effect of things not going in, you know, the 49ers way. Now, if that is something that truly happened, if you're John Lynch, if you're the 49ers and you, now you're in this situation, what? how are you looking at Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I'm probably a little pissed off. Yeah, so if if it was Lynch's fault, Jimmy Garoppolo's pissed because his opportunities to start are dwindling. If it's if Jimmy said no early on thinking everyone else is going to line up and then nobody else made that offer and it didn't end up working out, then the 49ers and John Lynch would have the right to be pissed off at, at Jimmy and his agent for saying no to the team that, and if you really start to put all these things together and we don't know for sure, we've heard these whispers. Um, it makes sense. You got an offer of two second round picks. Who is it from? Maybe the team that Jimmy said no to, and maybe that starts to add up because of what the Wentz deal was instead of a three and a three that could be a two, maybe it was a two and a three that could be a two. Right. Or maybe, you know, um, maybe it was just one second round pick. That was one of the reports as well. Then the, the two seconds came out. So um, I don't know who to believe. I don't know which source is correct in all of this. Maybe someday we'll find out. Maybe someday we won't, but I think it's pretty plausible that maybe Jimmy said no to a team early on. And I think it's pretty plausible that maybe John Lynch tried to get more, than he could from some teams. I think both of those things are plausible. Maybe both happened at the same time. Uh, and who knows? Maybe nobody was ever interested and they never got any offers because of the shoulder. And I, I'm not completely buying that, but I think there's a possibility there that some teams were at least scared off a little bit about it. And the Colts story was that the Colts weren't necessarily scared about the shoulder recovering. They just wanted somebody who's going to be there for the offseason workouts and OTAs and things. And Jimmy can't work out for those. So would they cut him? They would have already. I think they're dug in. Why would you cut him now? If you were going to cut him, cut him so you could go sign all whatever free agents you wanted, right? Cut him early. If you if you're not if well, you didn't cut him by now, 
there's really no point because I think it's more likely that you get something for him eventually in July than then you never get anything for him. So, so how long and, do you hold on to him? And then? at least it, since, since everything that like the, the, the first wave of free agency is done, you know, unless there's a free agent out there that they can't afford, say Tyron Matthew, let's say the 49ers want to go get Tyron Matthew. They literally cannot sign him unless they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Then it's, they're trading Jimmy for Tyron Matthew. Maybe that would make sense for the 49ers, but everything else free agent wise, they can carry his contracts. So they don't have to cut him now. They can cut him whenever they want. Uh, and it would be the same difference for the 49ers. It, w- it wouldn't matter at all. But wouldn't that defeat the purpose of having a quarterback on a rookie contract? Well, that that's that part's done, though. So it, it doesn't matter. No, 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 because you could still roll that money over. Well, they could still roll it over if they cut him later. But what I'm saying is they don't have to cut him today. They right. could cut him. They just don't have to do it today. So they might as well wait, make sure that they don't have an injury in their quarterback room make sure that another team doesn't have an injury in their quarterback room because jimmy garoppolo has the same value now as he will have in july maybe more value in july when he's healthy and if you cut him now you're not saving anything money wise so basically to me it's training camp would be the next time that would make sense to cut jimmy garoppolo's before camp if you don't want to have and you want to give him the opportunity to latch on somewhere else right Right? like whether whether you're going to get something for that or not I mean, you get money for it that you can roll over to the mm. following year. But, you know, giving him the opportunity, at least that's what I would tell him. Hey, we're, I want to give you the opportunity to be able to get on to a new team and be with them the entire training camp as opposed to what well, we're going to wait it out, wait it out, wait it out, see if someone has an injury or something like that. Oh, well, nobody gets injured. You still have him. Trey Lance is, quote, unquote, up and down as most rookies are. And now you're not willing to play through that because you have Garoppolo on the roster who's yeah. fully healthy, and that that creates a whole different dynamic. I, I could absolutely see that happen. You know, you know Kyle Shanahan. He wants whoever is at quarterback to be able to run his system the way he wants. If Trey Lance is maybe not quite there through OTAs, and 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 Kyle's not sure, and they don't have an offer yet in July, do they just keep him through camp? I think it's there's a possibility of that there's absolutely a possibility of that uh, Fernando asks about the 7.5 million. So uh, the 7.5 million injury uh, injury guarantee for Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, um, I don't think that'll be a problem either because a team would sign him for $7.5 million. So if he, if he signs for that, then that takes that away. So that his injury waivers... But if he, but if he signs for $2 million, you're on the hook for five and a half. Yes, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. And if he doesn't sign at all, then you're on the hook for seven and a half million. So I don't think it's that big of a factor because if he got cut, he would definitely sign for seven and a half million dollars. I'm sure. But at the same time, there's not many teams left. If you're not, that's kind of what I've argued about this whole cutting him versus not cutting him thing. It doesn't really help Jimmy Garoppolo to get cut because he would rather make the money he's already making and get traded for to another team. It doesn't team. help him now. Yeah. It, it would have helped him to get cut, say, the first day of free agency when all these quarterbacks were still yeah. kind of doing their little musical chairs yeah. thing they were doing. But once everybody starts sitting in their seats and he's the last one left standing up, you know, that's when it's, it's not as ideal yeah. for him in his the, situation. <laughs> at, at the same time, at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, if a team's willing to pay him $25 million, they're probably willing to pay him, or probably willing to trade a day two pick in 2023 for him too, you know? So that's sort of the other side of it is like, if it would have been the same teams interested, whether he was cut or whether he's traded. So if they were, if a team really wanted him, 
they would have been willing to give up something. So that's why, you know, did the Niners not take what teams were offering? So it, it, you know, th- there's, there's some layers to it. There's definitely a lot of gray area as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo and everything going on there. All right. So we've got to move it along here a little bit. Um, there was a quote from John Lynch, right, Croc? Yep. And it pertained to, you know, the, the everyone knows this quote by now. It was the plan A, plan B, plan C quote from John Lynch. But uh, it's sort of like the, the quote about uh, uh, a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. There's a longer part of that quote that really makes the quote mean the opposite of how people usually use it. And there's a little bit of an end to the quote from John Lynch about plan A, plan B, plan C that I want to talk about coming up in just a minute. But I'd like to tell the folks out there first about Built Bar. I just dropped a couple of extra Built Bar puffs on Croc when he when he showed up at my house because uh, they're delicious. And Croc loves the puffs. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, seriously, protein-infused marshmallow? What kind of world are we living in? This is amazing. It's amazing times what Built Bar is able to do with the flavors they're able to come up with and still have a healthy snack that is low in calorie, that is low in sugar, low in net carbs, but high in protein, makes you feel satisfied. And Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so you feel good. You feel like you really did actually eat a snack. It's a protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that we're talking, you know, 250, 300 calories in some candy bars. You get the mega candy bar. I mean, come on, throw those things out and go fill up your your purse or your desk at work with built bars. You'll you'll feel a lot better for it. And you will thank us for it. And tons of great flavors. If you're not sure what flavor you want, go get a mixed box of built bars. By the way, do you see the new puff flavor, Croc? Yep. White chocolate cookies and cream. Woo! Go to some white chocolate. <laughs> Go to built.com, <laughs> use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. The quote, the John Lynch quote. So, and a shout out to our guy, Jason Aponte, friend of the podcast. And uh, he shot this out on Twitter today, just as a reminder about, you know, the, the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo cutting him didn't hamper the 49ers. I mean, million against your cap is absolutely going to change your salary cap situation. Whether you want to utilize it, what you will utilize it on, I have no idea. I don't know how things might have been different for the 49ers, but their names were attached to some big-time free agents that they did not end up bringing in. So would that have changed that? I don't know. Chandler Jones, a 49er right now, if they had cut Jimmy Garoppolo. We will never know. But here's the quote from John Lynch. He said, if we have the two of them again, and let them go compete, then we're happy to do that as well. Them being Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, we've heard this from them a lot. And every time I heard this, I was like, nah, Jim, Jimmy's not coming back. Well, we're here. Uh, and and they've all said, Kyle, John, Jed York, have all said that was a possibility over the course of the last year. And I never believed it. Uh, I'm starting to believe a little bit more now. Jed was a little different. We'll, we'll talk about okay. that, but his was a little different. And he said, and we're capable of doing that with our cap. Uh, He said this on March 3rd is when John Lynch said this. He said, there are certainly trade-offs, but we budgeted for a lot of different things with plan A, plan B, plan C, and one of those scenarios, a couple of different of those scenarios has included Jimmy. And so, yes, we can do it. It will curtail what we're able to do, the aggressiveness we have in free agency. So, yeah, having $25 million 
in one player and not having that player on your books, it changes things. And it changes just, how aggressive you could be in right. free agency, uh, despite what a lot of 49 fans are and other people are reporting, like, oh, well, they wouldn't have utilized that money anyway. Well, why, why wouldn't they? I'm, I'm not sure what exactly would have been different, though. What do you think they would have done? Because they got a, a fairly high priced cornerback. Not really. They're not when you look at the breakdown. I mean, essentially, it's a two-year, $20 million contract. It, it's the, the money's not crazy, but do you think they would have just said, oh, we're, instead of getting the third highest paid quarterback corner in free agency, we go get J.C. Jackson? Well, there's only two, there's only three other guys they could have got that would have made more that would have been like, oh, they went and got a guy better than Charvarius Ward. That's Carlton Davis. He re-signed with Tampa. It is Stephon Gilmore, who's still out there, and I don't know what he's going to make. He didn't sign yet, right? I think he's still on the Gilmore's market. Out there. And J.C. Jackson, who went to the Chargers. So I don't know if that would have changed anything at cornerback, but would it have changed something at another position? Would they have gone really hard at, I don't know, would they have traded for Tyreek Hill? Would they have traded for Devontae Adams? Would they have um, Would they have signed Chandler I, I, Jones? I don't know. I think this. I, I think when you have more money and you see it there, you are willing to make certain exceptions. I'm I'm the most frugal person that you'll ever meet. But when I have a little bit more money in my account and I know it's there, I'm more likely to do something a little bit outside of my character as opposed to what I would do otherwise. And I think that's the 49ers. I think they have a, you know, they'll, they'll be aggressive when they want to be a, a, a little bit. But I think more times than not, they wait for the right move, right? But when you have that money there, you you know what you start to eh, maybe we can go and make Quan Alexander the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So they would have made terrible moves, is what you're trying to say with that money. I think Quan Alexander had <laughs> he had he was all right. Now he, it was a bad it was a bad signing. They yeah. they've made like most of their just straight up free agent signings haven't been that great when they like went out and got a guy. Right, a lot of them were like, oh, you paid for that guy. That was the Quan thing. But like, it was Quan and Jerick McKinnon. Jerick McKinnon was the one who was like, you, you gave a third down back what? Like, what are we even doing right now? And just wasting money, just lighting money on fire. So, I don't know. Maybe it's better that they didn't have that. Uh, <laughs> but a good point. Maybe Lake and Tomlinson or DJ Jones. Maybe just keeping some of your own. I don't think they would have ever met that. That's 25 mil right there. 14 and 10, right? Yeah, I don't think they would have met that money, though. Yeah. Just, the, just the value of a guard. Like, we're not paying you 14 million. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They could have overpaid for Justin Reed, he says. I saw a question about a couple of draft prospects. Let's end the uh, the regular podcast on this. We can hang out and do a little overtime if you want. Uh, I know you got to record another podcast too, Cross. So yes. you got to go. You tell me. But uh, I saw a question about Jaquan Brisker, who just had his pro day, I believe. The the safety. Have you watched? That's one guy I have not watched. You yet. haven't watched Jaquan, Brisker? and I have to watch him because I know people are really high on him. Yeah, he's a day two guy. I State. see him in a lot of mocks. Yeah, out of Penn State. Penn State just had their pro day, right? And uh, the wide receiver as well, uh, Jahan Dotson. You watched him? Yes. What do you think I about Jahan Dotson? He might be a second round wide receiver. I I think he will go second round. Okay. I believe KJ Hamler was a second round pick. I think by Denver Broncos. And if he was, Dotson is kind of in that same realm. And I think some people might even view him as a better prospect than KJ Hamler coming out. So, yeah, I could definitely see that. Is there any new prospects you've seen recently, Croc, that you're like, oh, this is a dude that I think I like now for the 49ers, whether it's uh, day two, 
pick 61, maybe late in the draft? Because I know you're watching new prospects all the time Yeah, doing the pod. This receiver is Sky Moore out of uh, what is it, Central Michigan. Yeah, he might be in that same range as Jahan Dotson, right? So he, I've seen him I've seen him late one in some mocks. If there's a crazy first-round run, maybe. To me, he looks like more of a second-round yeah. type of guy. I was watching him. The guy that works inside, outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look to get the ball in his hands any type of way. He has legit speed. I think his his twitch is like really up there. Uh, he's a guy who, and, and I don't know the 49ers take him. And again, I keep talking about 49ers. They need somebody that brings something different. Who's the field stretcher? Who's the big guy? Who's the height, like the 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 wide catch radius guy? They don't really have that. I mean, maybe uh, Juwan Jennings, but and he gives you the catch radius, but he doesn't give you really the speed and the explosibility, even though he's you know has good run after catch. So um, I see everybody in the chat saying David Bell. You know, he's he's solid receiver. He didn't test as well as they would have liked. I wonder how he did at his pro day if he's had that yet. But Sky Moore, I think I saw a comp for him of Golden Tate. You know, I think it's the number. Golden Tate was like number 23 at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and Sky Moore is number 24. Yeah, and sort of built receiver. in a way where it's like yeah. running back number, so you kind of saw. But, but uh, and they're both like sub six feet, but could go up and, and pull a ball down, right? So I guess I could see that a little bit. Yeah. A little run after the catch there. Jake, uh, Drake Jackson from USC. Yeah, we talked about him. Talked about him. Cade Mays from Tennessee. I have not watched Cade Mays from Tennessee. There are some other receivers. I mean, I feel like we talk about the same receivers all the time. There are some other guys. I mean, there was a Colbert that I liked out of South Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Um, Khalil Shakir? Uh, Village, Village uh, Jones, Village the kid Jones, from uh, yeah. Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah. He's got I some like run after catch. Ball. Yeah. He's a weird player because he was in college for six years. He never had a thousand yard season. He never broke out at his first school at USC. Kind of finally broke out in his like his sixth year senior season, but he has so much talent. How come it took him so long to break out? Yeah. So that, that analytics world does not like uh, that breakout age. No, being later. No, I mean, he didn't even break out. So right, yeah, he didn't even fully break out, but he's got so much ability. And he, I could see him being a guy that Shanahan loves. And who knows? Maybe it's one of those guys that you know he's still there day three that the Niners pick, and and I could see him doing big things. Calvin Austin, another one. I mean, 5'8", 170, but I guess people don't care about size anymore. So, yeah, whatever. Five, He's eight, one of my seven. favorite prospects in this class. Yeah, I love him. George Pickens is a really interesting one to me because he's – you remember a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, this is going to be this is gonna be a top 10 pick someday. Yep. And then kind of didn't happen, but he's, he's still shown a lot of ability and he makes some great catches and he's tall and he's fast and – um. Man, if you see his highlight tape, you're like it's amazing. But maybe, maybe he underperformed a little bit to his talent. I don't know what it is with him, but it seems like he's in a zone now where, I mean, if he's there at like pick fifty and beyond, it's like you got to run to the podium and pick George Pickens, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he brings that physicality, like from a size standpoint. You know, six three, two hundred pounds, plays above the rim. And I think he's only going to continue to improve. You know, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of like T. Higgins, kind of what you see with him as a receiver for Cincinnati Bengals. George Pickens brings that and maybe even a little bit more alpha to him. I think more speed too. Yeah, well, on paper for sure. Yeah. Um, where did uh, – there was another name here that – oh, John Mechie, which you're not you're not big into John Mechie, right? No, I, I like John Mechie. Okay. 
Uh, I think he's the guy that works again. I, I love guys that are versatile, play inside, outside. He stretched the field. I know the year before when he had Mac Jones throwing to him, he was catching some bombs. Mac Jones hit him in stride a few times, uh, vertically down the field. Uh, did a good job that this year they utilize him like even more as like that kind of go-to guy between him and obviously Jameson Williams, who I think is a first round pick, but Mechie's coming off of an ACL injury. So you got to grab him before uh, Balky uh, gets to him <laughs> and Balky has that, that high second round pick. So, uh, but yeah, no, I like, I like Mechie. He reminds me a lot of like Jeremy Curley, but I think what, I think oh. Jeremy Curley would probably a little bit more speed. He's got crazy speed, doesn't he? Mechie? Yeah, he got more speed than than. Uh, he couldn't work. Curly. He couldn't work out right because his injuries. So we don't, right. we're not gonna have a forty time on him. But uh, from what I understand, he's the fastest of all those, all those dudes. Like not not. No, not Jameson Williams is faster. Faster than Mechie? Right? Yeah, he's like, like they, forty they think, time wise. Yeah, I, they I think, thought Mechie had some crazy times. They they think they think that uh, Jameson Williams is gonna be like four two. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. Dang. And Mechie does have some after the catch, which I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would like to. So tons of receivers, tons of edge rushers. The 49ers, again, of course, Christian Watson. Uh, I don't want to keep pounding that name, but we've talked a lot about him. Uh, yeah, he's a lot of favorites for a lot of people. I'm sure he's a favorite for Trey Lance as well, the former teammate. And I think there's a chance he could get to 61. I think he will go higher, but possibly he could be there but one of these guys has to fall kind of to a level <laughs> it's like with all the pass rushers all the receivers they might all be gone but odds are it's gonna be somebody close to 61 or gets to 61 or within range of moving up to get a guy if they if they see somebody they like at one of those positions i don't think wide receiver is the position they will go at 61 necessarily but um i, I think they could and i and I, I think it's sort of a sneaky position for the remember players. what nine nine receivers went before dk metcalf who was picked i believe 61st overall 64th overall. I think he was the last pick in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nine receivers taking the head of him. That's crazy. And you see the list of who the guys were. It's like, what, what are you thinking? Like, not even in hindsight. It's like, yeah. come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Are, at the time. But like we that? had him at wide receiver one. So, yeah. Uh, we, because, we, yeah. <laughs> That's what we do, Croc. Yeah. That's why you listen to Locked On 49ers. That's why you make it your first listen every day. We appreciate everybody out there uh croc's got some work to do but it was nice to see croc in person yeah for sure Good to see you brother sure. uh this is our first ever locked on 49ers with us in person hopefully there's going to be more um you can check out croc i was hoping we we're going to go to vegas but croc is going to be in dallas covering the nfl draft for the network i might still be in vegas though so if anybody's going to be out in vegas i'm trying to be in vegas too sure. yeah at bd peacock at eric underscore crocker for your second list and make sure you go check out locked on nfl draft croc and i will be back monday right here locked on 49ers <laughs>